Well, it is great to be here with you. I, I am excited to be here. It's an exciting time to be at Jefferson Avenue. And uh, we're so thankful to be able to be with you. Thank you so much for having us. And, and your hospitality has been fantastic. Uh, it really has, and, and we're, we're really thankful uh, for, for you. If, if every house is as good as the Kirby's that I get to be at, I, I know it's, it's awesome. And uh, so we're, we're really thankful to be a part of that. Thank you, Jack, for, for uh, leading our singing tonight with such passion. I, I love that. And, uh, and it's it great being here and worshiping with you. Uh, there, there is a lot of exciting things going on, great things to be a part of here at Jefferson Avenue this week. And I want to encourage you to be a part of these opportunities uh, that, that are going on here and be prayerful about them. Uh, speaking of opportunities, tomorrow morning is one of those. If you don't have anything going on, uh, we, we would love to have you here. Uh, we've got a VBS or kids camp, whatever we're going to call it, uh, here uh, tomorrow morning about 9 o'clock. If you want to help out and get here a little earlier, and we'll find a place for you. I know Rachel definitely will find a place for you to plug in and be a part of that. In fact, I, you know, it was just mentioned over 125 kids have already registered. Get this, though. Over two-thirds of those are not Jefferson Avenue kids. Over two-thirds of those are not Jefferson Avenue kids. And so that's, uh, that's two-thirds that are not part of this church. They're part of the community. And so you have an incredible opportunity to, to impact this community. And so I want you to take advantage of that and, and want to encourage you to that. Those kids are not just, uh, just part of great families that can come here and be part of this, but, but they have souls too. And, and, and we need to impact those and, and, and so I can't, I can't wait to be a part of that with you, uh, starting tomorrow morning. It's gonna be a great thing. God is, is giving us great opportunities to, to show the love of Jesus to this community. And then each afternoon of this week, we're actually gonna be joining with, with some of you to do some service projects in this community. And, and I wanna invite you to be a part of that as well. Because, uh, we wanna do this together. We're the Lord's Church, and so we get to do this together. It's not a Madison Jefferson Avenue thing. It's the Lord's Church. And so that's really cool to be a part of, and we want to do this with you. And then finally, on Wednesday, Wednesday night is a big night. And and so it's an opportunity for the whole community to know that that the church is here, and and that that you love the that the church loves this community. And we want them to be a part of this family here. And so there's going to be uh, free food and inflatables and games and all kinds of stuff that are going to happen that night. And that's going to be a, an exciting thing to be a part of uh, where you get to impact souls. You know, Jesus says to his followers in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, uh, in the end of that he says, You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that's what you're doing here. You know, you're, you're doing that right here in Cookville, in Jerusalem. You're starting where you're at. And so you get to be a part of that, and we get to be a part of that with you. And so we're excited about that. I'll talk a little bit more about those opportunities in, in just a minute. Uh, I love Disney movies because I have a almost four-year-old. 
And we watch a lot of Disney movies. Disney Plus was a, was a good investment for us. And, and all those old movies that you grew up watching, we, we watch a lot of. And uh, Mallory is, is our four-year-old's name. And she, she loves um, Cinderella, especially as one of those old movies. But one movie that we recently watched, and I watched again, that I really think is, uh, is one of the, uh, the best movies I've watched in a long time is the movie Up. You watched the movie Up before? Up is a really, I got some excited teenagers over here. Up is a really good movie. Uh, if you've never watched it, I won't ruin it for you, but, but let me, let me, let me tell you a little bit about what goes on here. So there's this old man, his name is Mr. Fredrickson. And Mr. Fredrickson, uh, is really unique, uh, unique guy. He's this old man who wants to be left alone. We may know some people like that. He wants to be left alone, but unfortunately there's this kid who does not leave him alone. The kid's name is Russell, and Russell is a wilderness explorer. And that wilderness explorer, he, he wants to come and he wants to help Mr. Fredrickson to get one of his last badges that he needs. And so and, and so he comes to the door and he knocks and he's annoying and, and he's just annoying over and over and over again to Mr. Fredrickson. And so Mr. Fredrickson, you know, tells him, uh, he finally gives up and says, all right, you can help me. I've got this big bird that keeps eating my, you remember what it was? Azalea bushes. Azalea bushes. And what was that bird called? A snipe. A snipe. And he says, all right, and this is how you find them. You, you go around and you say, here, snipe. Here, snipe. Here, snipe. And so, and so Russell, the great wilderness explorer that he does, goes to hunt snipe. Anyone here hunted snipe before? <laughs> I had a hand shoot up in the back from one of your elders. Um, <laughs> Has anybody sent anybody snipe hunting before? There we go. There we go. All right. What's the big secret here, everybody? There's no what? There's no such thing as snipe. But does Russell know that? No. He doesn't know that. And so that's what makes it such a good prank uh, to be pulled on you or you to pull on, on somebody else. And so Mr. Fredrickson tells Russell... The only way he can catch the snipe is to do that. And so he goes around and he does that. And so he goes around clapping, here's snipe, here's snipe. And through a bunch of ups and downs in the movie, Russell's still doing that a little bit. And he comes to Mr. Fredrickson with this big, colorful bird and scares the old man. And he says, what is that? And Russell replies, it's a... Snipe! And Mr. Fredrickson replies, what we all know with is, there's no such thing as snipe. I'm afraid if you don't know what you're looking for, you might just miss it. If you don't know what you're looking for, you just might miss it. Lord, I, I want to be a worker in your kingdom. I want to I want to do good for others and 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 hey there's even a sign up here I saw this love God and love I want to love others I want to do that part in a in a good way God Lord give me wisdom Lord uh, help me to be humble give me patience 
Give me the strength I need. Help me to be a better example. Lord, I want to be more loving. Father, help me to lead people closer to you. Help me to trust you, God. You ever prayed things like that? All the time? I have. I've prayed those prayers, but, but let me ask you this. Would you know God's answer if you saw it? How many of those kinds of requests do we make every single day and, and God has already answered, yet we haven't taken the time to think about what an answer to those requests looks like. Sometimes I feel like I'm, praying, I'm, I'm doing the praying part of those prayers, but I'm not <laughs> waiting for the answer part of those prayers. See, if you don't know what you're looking for, you just might miss it. Mr. Fredrickson, I found your snipe. What if God actually brings you a snipe? Not a big colorful bird, but, but the thing that you've prayed so hard for. The thing that, that, that you've prayed for days and days. And the thing that you've put before God that time and time and after time. And, and, and you're really praying for these things. What if God brings it to you? So if you don't know what you're looking for, you might just miss it. God says, I found your snipe. And we don't even know what we're looking at. We pray these things all the time, and I, I think we simply don't know what we're looking for when it comes to the answers a lot of times. It's tough, isn't it? You know, because we want, to, we want something to happen in our lives. We, we want to be part of something big. A lot of people do. But, but when God gives us the answer, it's not what we're looking for. So what do those answers look like? If you've got a Bible, let's turn to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, we're going to begin in verse 2 here. Paul writes this, this letter to the church at Colossae, and, and I think it's really, uh, this passage here really fits with, with what's going on in, in our lesson to, in, in, in this week, really. And in what's going on in the life of this church. He says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Verse 6, let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So he begins by saying, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And Paul, Paul obviously knows and understands the importance of prayer. I don't know about you, but I, don't, I have a hard time listening to, to someone tell me something that they haven't experienced themselves. And so, you know, the best coaches have done it. You know, I, I was a baseball player, and, and the, the coaches that I really listened to the most are the ones that, that played it and played it at a high level. And so I wanted to learn from them and, and, and understand where they were coming from and how to do things uh, when it comes to, to a lot of things. That, that's how we are, with, especially with coaches. Then 
uh, when I when I speak, I try to not speak in hypotheticals, but uh, I, when I try to share something with something, I, I try to share them what I've experienced and, and do that because that's how I want to learn. I want to learn from somebody that does that. So so I have a four-year-old. I, I don't typically go to go to newlyweds for parenting advice. I don't know about you, but I, I don't do that. Uh, I don't I don't go to a single person and ask them, hey, hey, how do you how how should I handle this when my four month old our four month old wakes up in the middle of the night and we just can't get her to calm down. Hey, anybody do that? It doesn't work out so well because we want to we want to learn from people that have had experience. Married people don't go to single people or, or college kids for marriage advice. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, it, it'll, it, that's not how we best learn from, from others. We want to learn from somebody that has experience. And so Paul is saying, saying, you know, we need to have a great prayer life. I think we can learn from somebody that has some experience here. See, Paul had a reason behind his relationship with God. He had he'd been in extremely difficult situations. He had been shipwrecked. He had been put in prison. He had been stoned for his faith. You know, these things are real to him. He knew the importance of having a great relationship with God. So here is verse 3. And he says this, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us door a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which... I, I am in prison. He says, pray for us. Why? Why does he say that? You know, what I would typically pray, pray for us. I'm in where? Prison. So pray for me. I'm in prison. I got to get out of here. But that's not what he prays for. That's not only what he's saying is, in fact, it's kind of mind-boggling. We don't see that prayer from Paul. As much time as he spent in prison, we don't really see that prayer from Paul. And I don't, I don't think that's a wrong thing to pray because, I, I mean, that's what I would be praying probably, but that's not what he, uh, he prayed. He, he was a lot less selfish probably than I would be in my prayers. He prays about doors of opportunity, not prison doors. Why? Because he learned that when in prison... God could get a lot done through him. God could do a lot of things through him with these opportunities. And you know, sometimes God uses times that we think we're stuck. Things that we don't think we're, th- times when we don't think we're going anywhere or, or things that our job are going poorly or, or you fill in the blank. He uses that to his advantage. He uses that to show some pretty incredible opportunities to us, to work in us and through us. You know, Paul was given so many opportunities to make a difference in people's lives, even in prison. You think about the Philippian jailer. I really believe he's in prison and God gives this opportunity to Paul to have him there on that night at that time to make a difference in his life with him, Paul and Silas there in prison. Paul was constantly put in situations that he was able to use for the glory of God. And Paul, he would be given these opportunities even when he couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't do anything else. In fact, he wrote a few well-known books, as you would remember, from a prison cell. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 
chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Paul says this. He says, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains, but the word of God is not chained. You see, God is still working, still answering prayers, and, and even though our plans were stuck, His plans were stuck, God's plans weren't. And God's plan was working, and Paul, he understood this. See, in verse 3, he urges them in their prayers to ask God to, to, to do this, to open up doors for the gospel. What a powerful prayer. Think about that. Open up doors for the gospel. A lot of my life, I, I've... I've been heavily, heavily, heavily connected to the country of Ukraine. Uh, my, my dad began going there when I was just three years old. And so it's been a part of my life for a long time. I, I, I started going when I was 12 in 2002. Uh, I'll never forget it. It was September the 10th, 2002. So a year earlier, something big happened right then, and I was scared to death. I cried uh, because I didn't want to get on that plane to go. I thought something bad was going to happen. But then I cried leaving to come home because I didn't want to. You know, a lot of big things are happening in that country right now. I don't know if you're aware of that, but you probably are. Uh, and, and some of my family, I call them family because they are, uh, have really been at, impacted by it. You know, you would, you maybe not may not know this, but the, the most Christians in all of Europe are in Ukraine. It's the belt buckle of the Bible Belt in in Ukraine is actually maybe in eastern Ukraine or was until this war started. And all those Ukrainians, all those Ukrainian Christians, have been displaced. They they've actually gone from. Uh, from eastern Ukraine either to western Ukraine or to, or, or to Poland or to other European countries. And, 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 and they, you know, have some, some really bad things have happened you know, where they live. Oh, I, I could tell you story after story and, uh, of, of people that I love dearly, the things they went through and have gone through. And I want to tell you that the prayers that they pray right now are a lot different than the prayers that I pray for them. And I'm embarrassed to say that a little bit. Because for the longest time, I've been praying prayers for them that they will be safe, and, and, and they have been. I, I know of one Christian that's been killed in this war so far, uh, and, and they have been. I, I pray for their homes to be safe, and, 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 and those haven't been as much, to be honest. But that's not what they're praying for. They do mention those things in prayers, but they truly have been praying for open doors for the gospel. And God has answered those prayers. In fact, uh, my, my dad is over there in, in that country right now in, in the western part of Lviv, uh, you know, a city you may have heard of in the news. And, and there, were, there were a few more Christians, you know, or people added to the Lord's church became Christians this morning. You know, a, a girl I grew up with, uh, I, I've known her since she was a baby. 
uh, became a Christian this morning. And it's so exciting to me to see open doors being realized and gone through and, and great things happening. And these are people that are not uh, been associated with the church that have become Christian. I'm, I've seen pictures and, and heard stories of over, uh, over 40 different people become a Christian in the last about three and a half, four months of this war. And you know what I would be doing? <laughs> And I'm embarrassed to say this, but it's true. I would be shutting those doors. I would be using every excuse to not do that. Our, uh, our friend, Sasha, spoke to our teenagers and, uh, last, last Wednesday, and he said, he said, we should be praying for you more than you're praying for us. He said, we realize every day we could die. And so we see the importance of the gospel. We see the importance of living right and then teaching others to live right. He said, we're okay. We understand that. He said, he said you've got it easy. He's right. But we're presented with these open doors all the time. We've got to take it more seriously. This should be a prayer that we all pray. We need to be praying for those open doors in our lives, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our families, among our friends. We need to pray for open doors for the Word in our lives. If we pray for God to open doors, He's going to open them. That answer is going to be there. I want to think about those, that, that door but and, and what that looks like in, in some people's lives and focus when it comes to evangelism. Because doors can either be open or they can be shut, right? It's pretty simple. Doors can be open or they can be shut. We, when they're open, we've got to go through them. Um, maybe you've already decided where you're going to go eat tonight. Maybe I went to Cane's uh, over there. Uh, it was really good uh, yesterday. Maybe you're going to go there. Maybe you're going to go uh, uh, to your youth minister's favorite place, McAllister's, right next door. And so, uh, you know, maybe you're planning to do that. But maybe you decide you'll go a little bit further down the road and go to Chick-fil-A today. And you go there and, and you get in the parking lot. There's plenty of parking spaces tonight. And, and you go to, to, uh, up to the door and, and you pull on it. And, and what happens? It's locked. You can't get in. You may be the best customer Chick-fil-A has had on your app. You may be signature member and get 13 points every time you swipe that or, or scan it. Maybe, uh, maybe you'd even tip them. I don't know. They probably don't take tips at Chick-fil-A. You may be the best customer Chick-fil-A has had and they know your order when you walk up. But it does not matter because today that door's shut, isn't it? And so there's nothing you can do it. Because the door is closed. And sharing the love of Jesus with others, there are times when the door is open and there are times where it's shut. Paul realizes that there are going to be times in people's lives where the door is going to be open to the gospel and there are times when, when people are not going to be very interested. A couple has a new baby. And they haven't thought much about church and, and they haven't thought much about how they're going to raise them, but, but they have that new baby and they think, hey, maybe it's a good time to surround ourselves with the right people. And so the door is open. A guest walks into a, a church building for the first time. And their heart is open. They're searching. 
but then no one speaks to them. The door gets shut. It was open, but then it was shut. A person experiences death, and, and one blames God, and, and that door is shut, but the other uh, person experiences a death in their family, and, and that door is open because they realize the importance of, of their eternity. You see the difference sometimes in people's lives. The door is shut and sometimes the door is open. It's like Paul says, we need to be praying for open doors with open eyes because if we don't know what we're looking for, we just might miss it. People have times, seasons in their lives when simply things are much easier to be reached out to than others. Television knows that, don't they? Uh, advertisers, they are good at what they do. Uh, you know, even the worst of, of, of the commercials are, are, you know, they're timed right. Those Super Bowl commercials, those people know what they're doing. And they get paid a lot of money to do it, to, to know their audience. You know, it, during the Price is Right, you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to see the insurance and life insurance commercials and, and things like that. During cartoons, you don't see those things. You don't see those things. Because they know what they're doing. Paul, Paul is right here. There are times where the door is open more easily than others. Think about those opportunities this week. There's a, there's a VBS that starts at 9 o'clock in the in the, in the afternoons, there's service projects that you can be a part of. And then, and then that community family night on Wednesday night. Those are great open door opportunities for people to be a part of. What are you going to do with it? I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to find something to be a part of in, in God's plan this week. Whether it's one of those three things or something else, I, I want to challenge you to really be a part of what God is doing here at Jefferson Avenue. Because he's doing a lot of great things. I've spent a lot of time, I've spent a lot of time the last couple of days with, with, with your people and, and, and your ministers. And, and I know God is doing great things here. And so I want to challenge you this week. Let's not just be a pew sitter. But let's do something. Matthew 20 verse 28 says, For the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to be, uh, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You want to be more like Jesus? You continually find opportunities to serve others. I know a 98-year-old named Anna who doesn't use being 98 years old as an excuse. She waters the plants at a, at a church building and she bakes. She bakes muffins all the time for people. She doesn't use it at the age as excuse, or I've done that uh, already. I've served my time. Let me introduce you to Anna if you've served your time. God is doing great things here. I encourage you, challenge you, find a job and do it to the best of your abilities. Find something you can do for God this week in that way. Find an open door. And number two would be invite someone to be a part of that with you. Invite, invite someone to be a part of these opportunities to share the love of Jesus with them or to share it with, with others, with you. I want you to think of a name. 
Let me give you a second. Think of a name. Who can you invite to be a part of this with you? Maybe a name came to your mind immediately. Think about it. Who is somebody that you have in your life right now that you can invite? It's a great week to take advantage of of these open door opportunities for the Word of God. You know, we need to keep, I I, want to challenge you to keep that name somewhere. Think of a name. And write it in your phone, write it on your hand, write it on on a note card, stick it in your car. And keep that person's name on your heart. Keep it in your mind continually so that you can take advantage of that open door. What else, Paul? We're almost done, but what else? Verse 4. That I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Remember when you had your first crush? You remember that? And you didn't know what to say. You didn't know whether to say something or not to say something. You went back and forth and you finally got up the courage to maybe say something, especially you guys. And, and, and you came up with this brilliant plan and you said, I know, I'll, I'll write her a note and I'll reveal my true feelings. It'll be heartfelt. It will be meaningful. And so you begin. Dear Lindsay, I like you. Do you like me? Check yes or no. (laughs) There's something to be said about a clear message, isn't there? There's something uh, about about being concise and and to the point. We can can get engulfed in, in this idea of not saying the wrong thing that we don't say anything. You know, there are times when you can just sit down right next to someone and say, Hey, you doing okay? Me and my family, we're, we're going to go to this community night in, in a couple nights, and, and I'd love for you to come with us. There would be some games and some food and, and, and some inflatables, and we're going to have a good time. Y'all want to come? Hey, uh, I, or, sorry, I forgot to add this. Check yes or no. Um, you know, is there, uh, hey, I, I, I saw you with your Bible the other day. Would you, could we talk about that? I, I, I'd love to talk to you about the Bible sometime. Are you, were you interested in that? Hey man, I, I know you've been thinking about becoming a Christian. I, I'm not going to bother you about it, but, but what is, what's holding you up? Do you think you're ready? What, what's the reason you shouldn't be baptized right now? Paul wants the Christians in Colossae to be praying that he will make the message clear to as many people as the Lord will give him the opportunity. The gospel of Christ, it, it, you know, at its very core, is very simple. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be known. Paul knew that he, that he may only get one shot to portray Christ to these people, and he wanted to make sure he took advantage of that chance by not overlooking or complicating it. And Paul knew he needed to have prayers to do that. Next, Paul wanted to adjust his focus a little bit. Verse 5, he says this, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use 
of the of of the time. You know, I, I think Paul there. I think he's you know a, a lot of us would take that and say, all right, um, I, I'll I'll keep my mouth shut, Paul. I'll just be a good example, take the best use of the time, and and I don't think that's what he's saying here because I don't think evangelism can be done completely without opening your mouth. I think we got to open our mouth, and in fact, I think evangelism, you know, the the core uh, meaning behind it is a proclamation of good news. So we got to open our mouth. Being a good example is not good enough. It goes a long way. It certainly does, but at some point, we've got to open up our mouth. Uh, and then finally, verse 6. Finally, verse 6. He says, let your speech... That means you have to talk, right? And he's going to tell us how to talk. Always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. You see, in verses 5 and 6, he tells us how to behave around others. He says, he, well, we don't have... We don't have a lot of time, so we're going to have to take advantage of the time we do. He says, let your speech always be gracious. Season with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Maybe you're like me, and you're clumsy. I, I can't tell you how many times me and Lindsay, my wife, will be, will be walking somewhere, and I will trip over myself. Um, maybe you do that from time to time. I, I'm, I'm very bad at picking. My dad always told me, pick up your feet. <laughs> You're right, Dad. Thanks. Um, I, uh, I, I get clumsy. Uh, in fact, I was, I was about to go to bed the other night, and, and I go into the bathroom, uh, or about to go in the bathroom. The door literally is open. Literally, the door is open. And I stub my toe on that two inches of the door that, that you can barely see when that door is open. Like, not the big wide part. I stub my toe on that. How do you speak to people who aren't Christians? Do you stub your toe? Sometimes. The person you're waiting in this long line with at the store, the, that cashier... Uh, or, or with that, that cashier there, you know, do you get grumpy with them because they're they're taking their time and enjoying their day, or do we show them the love of Jesus? That telemarketer that calls you on the phone, how do you speak to them? That jerk at work, that that person at school who isn't very nice, you show them grace. Do you treat them with respect? Do you speak to them at all, even? And if they ask you why you're treating them so kindly, do you have an answer for them? Do you, do you when, when they say, why aren't you berating me like everybody else? Can you give them the answer? You see, the Word of God should be with us and in us and a part of us. As we sang this morning, it should be our all in all. And in everything we do and everything we are, it should be the way we think, the way we speak, and the way we live. When the Word fills our lives like that, it becomes who we are and and what we do, not just something we go to on Sundays and Wednesdays. I'm afraid that is sometimes how it is for us. It's just something we go to and not who we are. 
tonight, maybe you, maybe you are ready. The door is open and, and you want to become a Christian and, and we would love for that to happen. We would love to, to talk to you more and, and, and help you um, become a child of God. And you make that decision and put him on in, in baptism. And that door is open and, and we want to help you with that. Or maybe, you, maybe you know, things are not going well and, and we, can, we can pray with you. Or maybe you are a Christian. And you've had some open doors. But you've been leaving them behind. You've been shutting them when God's been opening, you know, we, I want to encourage you. Take advantage of those open doors. Take advantage of the opportunities. God's bringing us a snipe. What are you going to do with it? If we can help you, pray with you in any way, won't you come now as together we stand and sing?